In this podcast episode, we introduce you to our BCEN friend, Soraya Bornan. As Michael Dexter and Mark Eggers talk with Soraya, listen to some of the wonderful stories that Soraya has to share. It will bring a tear to your eyes and a smile to your face. One thing that you won't want to miss is what Soraya might be doing if she did not choose the career of nursing. So, let's get started with the podcast titled, Soraya Sunshine. Hello, and welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning where the range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Manager of Education Technology Services at BCEN, and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCEN. Hi, Michael. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me today. You're welcome. So, Michael, in this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Soraya Bornan. Could you please tell us about our BCN and friend, Soraya? Yeah, I'd be happy to. In 2013, Soraya began as professional student nurse extern in the emergency center at a large academic specialty uh, cancer hospital in Houston, Texas. She graduated from Texas Women's University with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing in May of 2014 and started her nursing career as a new graduate nurse in the emergency center. In June of 2016, Soraya was promoted to clinical resource nurse, which served as a bridge position while obtaining a Master of Science in Nursing with a focus on clinical nurse leader certification. In May of 2019, she obtained her MSN, CNL, and now serves as the CNL for the Emergency Center and the Clinical Decision Unit. As a clinical nurse leader, Soraya provides empirical data to evaluate clinical practice quality, validate intervention efficacy, and steer quality improvement initiatives. She brings innovation, data-driven decision-making, technology integration, and evidence-based practice to the bedside to implement strategic practice changes to improve patient care. Soraya specializes in process and change management, interdisciplinary collaboration, patient advocacy, adult learning, and oncologic emergencies. She is also a certified emergency nurse, or CEN, and hopes to establish an oncology emergency nursing certification in the near future. In her pre-nursing life, she worked as an event production manager for various entertainment, live marketing, and industry events such as Coachella, Comic-Con, E3, CES, and others along the West Coast of the United States. She assisted in event production for clients including Lady Gaga, Bravo TV, Dell, Alienware, Coachella, USA Network, and many more. Additionally, Soraya worked as a runway and print model based in Los Angeles, California, for LA Fashion Week, DCBG, David's Bridal, Clairol, and Zara. Soraya has all, was also fortunate enough to have performed with the Blue Knights Drum and Bugle Corps in Denver, Colorado, as first bass drum in 2007 and second bass drum in 2009 in the Summer Music Games hosted by Drum Corps International. This experience provided opportunities to serve as a specialty music instructor for high schools and independent drumline organizations across the country teaching music and marching. So needless to say, Soraya has had a very diverse 
uh, opportunities throughout her life and has a lot of experience in many different fields. So Soraya, welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast. We're excited to have you here today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And uh, after that summary, I was like, wow, I've done a lot of weird things. <laughs> yeah, you've done quite the variety of things. Uh, so we've included quite a bit in your summary, but is there anything else you wanted to tell us about yourself and your career in emergency nursing? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I'm half Algerian, half Mississippian. Um, I kind of fell into nursing um, organically and I took the scenic route. Um, but right now in my role, I kind of call myself a creative problem solver, you know, and a putter outer of fires because I find problems that, you know, clinicians at the bedside, nurses at the bedside face every single day and we fix them. Um, there's always areas that can improve in healthcare and the way we deliver care. And so I try to find those, be innovative about how we can approach them and make things better for everybody. So um, I, I think I have like the coolest role in healthcare because I, I get to find problems and fix them. So Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, you also had mentioned you're half Mississippian, half Algerian, <laughs> yes. and the, some of the interesting things you've done. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about your interesting career path and, and some of those uh, experiences that you had prior to becoming a nurse? Yeah, sure. So I, I got in trouble a lot growing up. Um, I was one of those kids who like couldn't sit still and um, always wanted to be asking why and trying to figure out the world um, through my own uh, technique. And, and so that didn't always go so well in school. And, uh, you know, it was really difficult for me to find where I fit in and what I was good at and where I would be the greatest asset um, to society and what my goal should be. Um, so, you know, I kind of found drumline and, and realized that I really enjoyed music. I enjoyed marching and I, uh, you know, found out about Drum Corps International, which is um, various groups throughout the country. And actually they have some international groups as well. They are music uh, marching in motion is kind of what they call it. And it's basically like um, a tournament and it's a three month long summer tournament that tours the entire United States and they perform in stadiums all across the country um, and they compete and, you know, you receive scores. And so as a part of that group, um, which was the Blue Knights Drum and Bugle Corps, they're based out of Denver, Colorado. So every summer um, between 2007 and 2009, I would go up to um, Denver. We would learn our show. Um, our, we would perform an 11 minute show all summer long. And then um, we would go and tour and compete. We would get on um, Greyhound buses, like the big charter buses. And, uh, you know, every core had their own bus with the logo on it and stuff. And we would sleep um, in one city, we would wake up, we would perform and we would hit the road and, and go to another city. So it was really cool. And it allowed me to teach a lot of like high school and independent drum lines across the country as like a specialty bass drum consultant. So, you know, the big one that um, is nice and loud. So obviously that was um, what I was drawn towards. Um, but then I kind of fell into modeling unintentionally. Um, I think I was, uh, you know, approached at 
in, in public and somebody said, hey, have you ever thought about modeling? I honestly hadn't. I'd been thinking about a lot of drumline. So um, I said, oh, you want to, you know, take pictures and pay me? Sure. Let me let me check this out. Um, so I kind of got involved in that. I moved to Los Angeles and I found the world of modeling and uh, it was very fortunate enough to work with some, you know, incredible names and some really great creative um, and some really great people throughout my career. Um, but I also kind of got involved in more of the production aspect of modeling. So, you know, modeling isn't just pictures and it's not just runway. There are models who are hired to work at red carpet events, or there are models who are hired to be part of um, an experience or a show. And so I kind of got involved in more of the production of those types of events, you know, where there's, uh, you want people to have an experience. So, you know, the Coachella, the Comic-Con, Lady Gaga's concerts, those types of things. The models are there to enhance the experience of the attendees. And so I kind of helped enhance that enhancement um, and uh, make sure everybody was in the right place at the right time. And so during that time when I was uh, working as an event production manager, I my father had a heart attack. Um, he was pretty young, um, early 50s, and, you know, I had never actually been inside a hospital other than when I was born, I'm assuming. Um, so they tell me. And uh, I, I just, I had no idea. And I realized how much I didn't know about my own body and I didn't know about healthcare. And I mean, I didn't even know what a normal blood pressure range was. And so to find out my dad had a heart attack, I actually would um, FaceTime or Skype with the nurse every single day. And she would kind of give me updates on my dad and explain things to me in a way I could understand. And I, I thought, I said, you know, I think I want to do this for somebody. I want to be what this nurse was for me. Um, and she taught me so much in that little, um, timeframe and it really made a big impact on me. And I started taking prerequisites for nursing school and I thought, oh my gosh, anatomy, physiology, micro, this is cool stuff. And I just never looked back. I absolutely loved nursing and the environmental theory and understanding how to care for human beings. And I think it's probably the most valuable skill you can ever have. And I am definitely exactly where I need to be. Um, so after nursing school, I was like, okay, where's my nursing niche? Um, and I, I found it in the ER. It kind of combines all my skills and all my personality traits into one area. And I will be an emergency nurse until the day I die. So, <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. And it, it's neat to see the progression of how things developed throughout your life as well with even just being able to teach those high school kids um, and how that, that teaching aspect is so valuable in nursing. And then when you talked about production management and being able to give people the experience they were looking for and how um, patient experience and family experience is so important in nursing. I think, you know, all of these little things and sidesteps that we take sometimes uh, really do continue to lead our pathway throughout our lives. So that's really neat that you've had such a diverse um, background of things you've done, but in reality, it's all, it's all really important to what you're currently doing. Absolutely. I mean, I use these skills every day that I learned in drumline all the way until 
um, modeling. Like I, I mean, I use little pieces of, of all of those experiences every day when I take care of patients and it helps me in every way possible. So it's awesome. Yeah. Great. So Soraya, you have mentioned previously that you have a passion for oncologic emergencies and in um, part of talking about you, we'd mentioned earlier that you would love to see some type of certification for oncologic emergencies. Can you talk about how those became important to you and, um, and what you see some of the gaps are for emergency nurses taking care of patients with various types of cancers? Yeah. So, um, cancer kind of found me. I just happened to be in a, in an area that had a, um, high ranking cancer facility. And so I checked it out and found that the culture of the people was really what I wanted to be surrounded by as a new grad and, and throughout my nursing career. And, you know, I mean, just thinking about it, I know so many people who have either had cancer or they know somebody who's had cancer. Um, I mean, 50% of people get cancer in their life. You know, I mean, I'm sure both of y'all know people who have had cancer. Um, my friends from high school have had cancer. My uh, family members have had cancer. There's, there's no bias in cancer. It doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're a um, man, if you're a woman, if you're young, if you're old, it, you have a, a chance of getting cancer. And, you know, they even called it the C word, you know, for a while. And personally, I think it's one of the most devastating diagnoses a person can get. Right. So on top of that, if you have an emergency on top of cancer, because cancer just totally upends your life. You know, you have to drop everything and get treated in order to survive. And so if you have an emergency and another wrench thrown in there during that time, I just, that that's like the worst day. Right. And so kind of in, in working in this environment and working in a cancer emergency room, I started to see how, you know, the emergencies impacted the patients and impacted their treatment and impacted their outcomes. And so you know, taking care of these emergencies timely and early um, recognition of these conditions, as well as knowing exactly what to do to treat them so that they can get back to fighting cancer because they're, they're still fighting cancer. But when that emergency happens, then everything stops. We have to take care of that emergency, but the cancer is still growing. So, you know, I really, I found it really effective, um, to look at it just a little differently than your typical emergency um, visit, because, you know, these are very complicated patients and there's a lot going on physiologically. I kind of call it like cellular trauma instead of, you know, regular trauma. And uh, it's, but it's really important. And especially from a nursing aspect, you know, um, you can really advocate for these patients so that the best outcome occurs. And, even when it comes to early diagnosis and new diagnosis, I mean, a patient coming in for the first time to our ER and this was, they had just got diagnosed with leukemia. I, you know, was, I feel fortunate enough to where I could have been the person that was their first contact at the specialty cancer hospital saying, hey, you're, we're gonna do everything we can to take care of you and you are at the best place you can be. So that's how I, you know, grew that passion for oncologic emergencies. And, you know, there's a lot of work being done on um, the medical side 
So I was also fortunate enough to be published in a textbook for physicians about oncologic emergencies. And this edition, they actually added a nursing chapter. So I think that's something we can build on as an interdisciplinary um, team and really look at how to best care for patients with cancer and an emergency. Wow, that's really neat. Congratulations on, on being published. That's a, that's a really you. awesome accomplishment. Thanks. And in, in terms of that, just, you know, you were mentioning different ones that, you know, or may have uh, family members or even yourself of, of having cancer in the past. And I was just going through in my mind, different ones I've taken care of with cancer diagnoses or that came in and, and we're the ones that told them it looks like you have metastatic cancer in your brain, mm -hmm. or they came in with a spinal cord compression injury from a metastatic cancer in, in their spine. And different things like that, that you, you go back and look and you think, you know, you're right. There are, there's a lot of cancer related conditions that come into the ED all the time. Yep. So that's very, very interesting. Mark, did you have any, uh, any questions? Thank you, Michael. Yes. I have a question or two for Surya. You talked previously in today's podcast, how when your dad was in the hospital, that talking to a nurse every day made you become a nurse. Did you ever let that person know after you Got out of nursing school. Did you go back and tell them? Just wondering. I looked for her so hard, but I, I could not find her. Um, she had a, a fairly generic name and it was at a very, very large hospital. And, you know, it was probably about a year later. And so I, I had difficulties, but maybe she'll hear this podcast and she'll know that it was me because I don't know how many other born ends there are um, that had heart attacks in that area. So, <laughs> And if that person is listening or does listen to this and you do, contact us at bcn at bcn.org and we'll get you in touch with each other. So, That would be awesome. <laughs> so my next question for you is tell us about a patient in your career that made a significant impact on you. So you've had a lot of patients, but is there one that particularly comes to mind that made a significant impact on you? You know, there there is one that... Um, will forever hold a really special place in my heart. So there was a patient who was about my age. Um, sh she was really cool. Um, I'll just, I'll tell you, her name was Megan. And um, she came in to the ER after being transferred from another hospital in Dallas, about four hours away. So she had had um, kind of like a runny nose for a couple weeks and just a cold that kind of just wouldn't go away. And, you know, she had gone to her PCP, they gave her, you know, some antibiotics and it, it still didn't really go away. And a couple weeks later, they finally said, okay, let's do some blood work. And it looked like she was in an acute leukemia blast crisis. So, you know, this girl, she, I think she was like on the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Like she was um, very athletic. Like we totally would have hung out if, you know, I had met her in a different situation, but, and, you know, she'd never had any, any health issues in, in her whole life. And all of a sudden she's diagnosed with this, um, you know, devastating disease of acute myeloid leukemia. So when I met her, she, I was the first person she met at our hospital and, you know, it's a specialty cancer hospital. So that's what we do is cancer. So she came to us and it was her. And this was 
you know, pre-COVID. So we had um, her five sisters, her mom and her dad, and they were all at the bedside. They had come from different places around the state to meet her at the hospital and to support her through her treatment. Um, You know, I only had them for one shift. I only took care of them for one shift, but we made such a connection during that time. And to this day, I still am in contact with the whole family. Um, Unfortunately, Megan isn't with us anymore. Um, She did pass away after um, a stem cell transplant, uh, 16 rounds of chemo and um, nine months. It's it's a really, really um, vicious disease, um, acute myeloid leukemia. But, you know, the fact that I still talk to her sisters and they tell me that they gained another sister and another sister took a different form. And so it's, it's really cool to see the connection that you can make in that short amount of time in the ER and how much of an impact you can have on somebody's life and their family's lives. And, you know, it, it really just showed me how important those, those first, um, It showed me how important everything that you do as an ER nurse is for someone's entire life. Like you may not remember their exact name. You may not remember, um, you know, exactly what you did, but I can guarantee that there are so many emergency nurses who have truly changed people's lives with um, just their kindness, their compassion and their care. So um, I love the fact that I still have that amazing connection with those girls. And I hope to make that kind of impact on every patient that I see. Well, that, that's a beautiful story. And thank you for so much for being a nurse and all the nurses out there. Thank you that you do make a difference. You do change lives. And sometimes you don't realize how much that's great. Yeah, totally. So Saraya, in your view, why is lifelong learning critical for nurses and how can nurses make time for their own personal development with their busy schedules. Totally, totally. And I mean, I, I'm somebody who likes to load my plate nice and full. So time is always of the essence. And so, um, but it's so important to keep learning because, you know, last year alone. And so in 2020, I think there were over 20 new cancer drugs that were approved by the FDA. And then again, we saw this whole, I don't know if you guys know, there was like a global pandemic or something. Um, but yeah, we heard about that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so, but think about how much we have learned over the last year and a half, you know, about the virus, about how it spreads, about how we treat it, about all of these different aspects of care out of necessity, but you know, these things will continue to arise and we will always need to be learning the latest, the greatest, and the best um, evidence-based practice, you know, in order for the best care to be delivered to our patients. Um, I mean, think about the medical knowledge, you know, a hundred years ago. I mean, if people didn't continue to keep learning and keep pushing and keep asking those questions, I mean, where would we be? So I think that it's essential. And I feel like some of, you know, the, it's, you're dangerous if you think you know everything. You know, I hope to stop learning on my last day on earth. That's when I want to stop. Um, and obviously, easier said than done, right? But 
thankfully in you know, 2021, we're able to have a little more options on how we can get this education. Um, so, and what I do is I leverage, you know, technology. I look at virtual conferences. Um, I look at apps, uh, you know, with different types of information, depending on what I want to learn. And I'm always looking for the next thing that I want to learn more about. And I look at those questions I ask myself in the clinical setting and I say, you know, that's something that is interesting and I'm going to put it on my list of things to uh, pursue further and find out more about. And then I am able to better care for my patients, but also educate staff and and educate family members. And, uh, you know, by educating people, it helps me remember it, you know, by repeating the information and by saying it in a slightly different way and thinking about it a little differently, it keeps it fresh in my head too. And then also I always try to find conferences and cool places because then you can combo a conference vacation. And so you can learn in luxury and that's always fun as well. Um, but you know, we can get creative about how we deliver learning and how we, um, you know, seek out learning opportunities. And I think technology is a huge um, part of that. Even podcasts. I mean, I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to to learn. So I think that there are a lot of different avenues other than your traditional um, courses or, um, you know, lectures and, and things like that. And we have to look at all of those platforms in order to reach the biggest audience you know excellent input very good great thank you well i was going to ask uh, soraya about her overall just embodiment of lifelong learning and how she is has been a lifelong learner but i think she just spoke to that very well i did want to just mention as well this is kind of a sneak peek for those that are listening to the podcast that she is going to start working on a course through BCE and learn on oncologic emergencies. So we're really excited about that as well. And an interactive uh, learning course for people to take on their phones, like she had mentioned, or on their desktop computer to learn about oncologic emergencies. Very excited about how so, it's coming yeah. around. Well, so we're, we're excited about that. I think that um, she has definitely embodied a, a nurse that's driven and, and the passion that she has, not only for her patients, but for educating others is is very uh, admirable. So thank you, Soraya, for that. I did want to ask you, um, what words of wisdom do you have for nurses that are just beginning their careers? I know I have noticed, and I'm sure you have noticed that nurses coming out of nursing school right now, they're, they're a lot more timid than they used to be, at least the ones I've seen. They're coming out in the middle of a pandemic. They're coming out of nursing school, um, not always having the, the clinical experience that they wish they could have had uh, for multiple reasons there. Um, so it, it's a difficult time for newer nurses. What words of wisdom would you have for some of those that are that are just starting their career? Absolutely. Um, I, so I work very closely with um, our students and our new graduates here in our unit. And I was a new graduate in this unit as well. And, you know, it, it's a totally different ballgame right now. They really didn't get a lot of the clinical experience that I got um, in that hands-on interaction with, with the patients at the bedside because of the pandemic and because of the restrictions, um, which, you know, is, is difficult. And it, it's kind of scary coming out of nursing school without that hands-on experience. Um, but the biggest thing is 
that I always tell all the students and all the new graduate nurses that I work with is you can do one thing at a time. Um, you, you cannot do two things. You think you're doing two things, but you're really just switching back and forth very quickly. Um, and what you got to do is you do the most important thing first, and then you go down from there um, and you ask for help when you need it. And you, there's never stupid questions and there will always be somebody there that can help. Um, I really encourage them to form relationships with the nurses on the unit, the more experienced ones, so that they feel comfortable going to them if they have a question. But um, the biggest thing is, is you're human too. And, you know, use your knowledge, use your um, critical thinking. And if your critical thinking says, I don't know this information, it, it means find out. Um, and it's okay to not know. I mean, I, I don't know everything and I, I don't think I ever should because uh, there's always something new to learn. And so as long as you kind of have that mindset that, no, I may not know the answer right now, but by golly, I'm going to find it out. Then, you know, nothing can really stop you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's those are great words to say. And I think that that's really a good mindset to have is I often would have situations and I, and I still have situations where you walk into a room and, and maybe you just haven't seen that particular device before or, or don't understand what that diagnosis is and how it relates to your patient condition. But, you know, for me, it's like I take that as an opportunity to go get help, go go look for others that are more familiar with it. But then personally, I want to go back and do my own research, study, learn, and become more acquainted so that in the future, when I have a situation like that again, I'll have much more comfort with it. And and I think it's all about collaboration, teamwork, and the ability to effectively communicate any concerns or any questions to, to the care team. So thank Absolutely. you for that. Mark, you have some, some more questions I do. So I'm going to change directions a little bit, Soraya. I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. So here's the first one. What would you be doing if you were not in your current role? Um, you know, I, I would probably be doing one of two things if I was not in this role. I would probably either be like a big executive of some public, public relations and uh, event production company, right? making experiences all around the globe or I would be the greatest criminal mastermind that ever walked the earth and a um, diamond thief. So th those are the options I would probably wow. pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite the variety. Okay. <laughs> wow. I don't think we ever had an answer like that. All right. Now I'm going to ask you about favorites. I'm going to ask you three different things. Feel free to say skip on one if you don't want to answer it, and I'll just ask it again. No, I'm kidding. Here we go. Your favorite book. Oh, um, so my favorite book is probably No Ego by Cy Wakeman. Um, it's it's a professional book, I know. Um, but it's it's basically about how to talk to people and take egos out of the conversation. Okay. How about your favorite movie? Favorite movie? It's probably Hannibal. I'm a big horror film fan, so I, it's a classic. It's incredible, and it never ceases to impress. And 
your favorite song? My favorite song is probably, it's called Alors en Danse, and it is by Stromae, which is a Belgian um, artist. And I bet you a lot of people have heard that song, but they didn't know what it was called. So it's a, a pretty famous beat. I will have to look that up. Definitely, definitely would recommend. And one more. Do you have any other hobbies or interests? Um, I like to drum. I like to travel. Um, I also really like to do art and painting with um, acrylic and resin art. So I like to make, you know, those um, like geode rocks. I like yeah. to make those out of canvases and um, craft materials. So it's kind of what I like to do on the weekends. And my work office is filled with my um, random artwork. So try to bring some color into the world. Wow, that's really cool. So if people want to follow you online, you have a website, www.yourname.me. So www.sorayah.me. And what other social media platforms are you on? I'm on them all. Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's at Soraya B. Um, I'm on Twitter at Soraya SB. Um, my Facebook is Soraya B. And my LinkedIn is Soraya B. I'm very fortunate to have a unique name and I don't have to add a lot of, uh, you know, identifiers at the end of my usernames. So. I want to take this time to thank Soraya for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you, Soraya, for sharing your time and stories with us. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me. And to all our listeners, we hope you will stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcen at bcn.org. I am Mark Eggers here with Michael Dexter, and on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 